test as as we invite our mommy Grace Lucy Yeboah Ashiama to minister the word of God. Amen. Now put your hands together as our mommy comes. Put your hands together. Oh, you can do it better. You can do it better. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. And how are you in the name of the Lord? Amen. I thank the Lord so much for bringing me here over eight years ago. I have the opportunity to worship with you throughout that period. And I'm so grateful to him for allowing me to meet such wonderful people. Uh, I'm going to miss all of you. <laughs> I thank pastor and the leadership, the presbytery, for allowing me to share a few thoughts with you this morning before I leave. Um, it's been wonderful, as I said. And I've been here all this while, and I've been seeing people coming and leaving. And sometimes when I think of it, it bleeds my heart. But what are we looking for in a church? Are we shopping for church? We are not going to go to heaven with a church. And that is the first thing we must note. There's no church. There's no Pentecost. There's no ICGC or whatever in heaven. All those who are going there are the children of God. Hallelujah. And it says that we can only overcome by the blood of Jesus. And so if you are in a church and they are preaching the true gospel, you don't need to leave because wherever you are going, if it's the true gospel they are, they are, they are teaching there, it's the same thing. Unless you are chasing after miracles, but the, your miracle is within you. So this morning, God says I should tell you that he has a memory. Some of us, we behave as if God doesn't have any memory. But he does. He does. He will remember you the way you treat him. The Bible says that the way you see God is the way he behaves towards you. So if you think he's so far away in America, he'll continue to be in the U.S. in your life. But if you acknowledge that he lives within you, and wherever you are moving, he's moving with you. Whatever circumstances you are, you are going through, he's there with you. He's inside in the middle of your storm. Then he will be there and he will prevail. Hallelujah. So the God we are serving is not so far away from us. Let's read Isaiah chapter 38. We are all going to read it together from verse 1 to 6. Isaiah chapter 38. And I want the NIV. Isaiah 38, 1 to 6. 
Shall we all read it together? In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said, this is King James Version. I said I want a new international version. The new international version. Hey. We are now in German. If you have the Bible, let's read. Isaiah chapter 38 from verse 1 to 6. In those days was Hezekiah sick from today. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thou serves the Lord, set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. That is what King James says. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. Verse 6, And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Hallelujah. Amen. When you read verse 3, when Hezekiah got sick and the Lord sent the prophet to him that you should draw up your will because you are going to die, he didn't keep quiet and he didn't complain. The Bible says that he turned his face towards the wall. And the verse 3, he was reminding God what he had done for him. So he said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. This morning, if the Lord appears to you, Will you be able, confidently, say this to the Lord? What have you done for him? Ask yourself. I'm not asking you, but you ask yourself. What have I done for the Lord since I came, I accepted him as my Lord? Sometimes, when we are praying, we need to pray as if we are crazy. Me, I have a way of praying. And you should also have one. You talk to him as if he's sitting there, right in front of you. Do you remember I did this for you? Do you remember I had done that? 
Do you remember I went through this pain because of you? And because of that, look at those things and bless me. Look at those things and come into my situation. But you have been in the church, maybe you were born into the church all these years. You cannot have that confidence to confront him on any issue. You see, we human beings, we have a very short memory. So when somebody is thanking you, smiling at you, it's because of what you have done for that person. But it will take just a few days, and then that's the end of it, because we have such a short memory. But God is saying that. As for him, he has a memory. He doesn't forget anything that we do, because he has already ordered our steps, and he has implanted us in his palm. So every second, every minute, he knows whatever we are doing, and he has imprinted it. That's why somebody said that there's a book in heaven that everything that we do, it's being recorded there like a video. So at the end of the day, when you die, or even if you are not dead, you cannot change what you did yesterday, today. You can, if it's a sin, you can pray and you'll be forgiven. But the record is still there. And because God is a just God, he will forgive you the sin, but for the punishment, whether you like it or not, you will get it. And that, that part, Christians, we don't want to hear. But it's true. He is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. He will forgive you the sins you committed. But the, for the punishment, because he's just, you will face it. And that is what we don't want to face. We don't want to face the punishment, though. The same Hezekiah, when God healed him, the king of Babylon sent his people, emissaries, to come and commiserate with him. And when they came, maybe because he felt so elated, the Bible says that he showed them every secret, all the wealth that Judah had, everything. So when they left, the prophet Isaiah went to him and said, what did you show them? He said, oh, I showed them everything that we have. He said, hey, you, be, you are a fool. All the things that you have shown them, they will come back and they will take everything from you. We don't know how to keep secrets. We don't know. And it pains me sometimes because we don't value what we have. You see, if you, you value what you have, you keep it. Sometimes we have a, a saying in Chi that, you are just looking at yourself and you are belittling yourself. But you know somebody somewhere envies you. Somebody sitting somewhere wishing that he or she is like you. And yet what you have, you don't appreciate it. So as I was saying, God has a memory. Everything that you have, you have ever done for him, he has a memory. So this morning, I want you to keep that one, that God has a memory. He remembers everything about us. The Bible says that he even knows the numbers of our hair, the hair on our head. So he can never forget you. Human beings will forget you, but for God, he doesn't. So when you read Isaiah 49, verse 15 to 16, there he says, if a woman 
can forgive, uh, forget the baby she is nursing. Then, as for him, he will never forget you. I remember in the 90s, I was schooling at Kolebu. I think it was a six match. Then there was this uh, F tremor. We thought it was an earthquake. At Kolebu, the, the buildings were doing like this. And the house, uh, the doctor's flat, the doctor's flat at Kolebu, I learned somebody was on the second floor there. The woman was pounding fufu at the time when the thing came. She quickly, because she had forgotten herself and she was so fearful, she just took the, the is it the mortar, the wardrobe? Uh -huh. The child was sitting around playing. So because she was so fearful, instead of picking the child, he picked the mortar and started running. <laughs> you see you. A woman has forgotten her child because of F tremor. And that is the way we are. So we, we, we are not supposed to rely so much on human beings for favors. It doesn't work that way. Once God has planned your favor, you see, it's just like going through the airport. Going, once you step there, the doors will be opening. Because God has already ordered your steps. And we shouldn't be looking to people for favors. It's God that we need to look for any favors. And he, he has given us this assurance that he will never forgive, uh, forget us because he has imprinted us in his uh, palm. Hallelujah. Amen. If we say that God has a memory, it means constantly he is bearing you in mind. He knows that the work you are not getting, you need a job. But he's preparing a special job for you, a job that will bring satisfaction into your life, a job that will not lead you into temptation, a job that will not make you lose your life. Sometimes we forget that God knows us better than ourselves. And the Bible says that he knows the end from the beginning. And because of that, sometimes he will take his time to work on your affair. But we are in a hurry so much that we think that, oh, God is not doing anything for me. And the saddest thing is, we are saying that, oh, as for that church, there's nothing happening there. If I go somewhere, they will pray, and then quickly I'll get my job. It's not like that. It's not like that. Men will forgive, uh, forget you because they are fallible. But God doesn't forget. Hallelujah. We can also look at some of the things that we can do that God will remember us. You see, whether you believe it or not, you can facilitate your blessings as far as God is concerned. Two people can be asking him for something. You see that quickly he will do for the other one. Have you ever sat down to think about why he did it so quick for the other one? That one there, you don't want to go there. But all you know is we all came into the church and he has done it for that one. And, and my, me, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and he's not answering me. Sometimes you have to question him. Lord, am I doing something wrong? 
Why am I waiting? Sometimes I used to tell people that he will put you in a hole and then put his hand to cover you there. He knows what he's doing because maybe there's a wind that is blowing. If you are standing on top, it will blow you away. That is why when the farmer who planted his seeds and the enemy sowed tarts within the seeds and the laborer said, should we go and pull out the bad weed? He said, no, leave them all. At the appointed time, it will show. Hallelujah. So he knows where you are right now. All he's asking from you is a good heart. Faithfulness. Live a godly life. Don't compare yourself to other people. Because some people rush. It's the same thing like vehicles. When you get on the road, you see this uh, uh, print, uh, printer. Is it printer? They call it. Sprinter. By the time you get there, the printer is lying there with people bleeding. So life is not a race where we must compare ourselves to other people. He has given each one of us a talent to work with. And that talent, we must work with it. The one he gave five, he was able to work hard because he knew his strength and his ability. And that is what the, the Bible says, that he has apportioned it according to our abilities. So never envy anybody. Hallelujah. says that Hannah, the Lord himself had closed the womb. But I'm sure he had, she, she was fasting and praying and then asking for guidance and all those things so that she would have her child. But the Bible is saying that the, the Bible was written later and it's telling us that the Lord himself had locked the womb. And because of that, whatever Hannah was doing, she wasn't getting pregnant until the appointed time. 
Every year they used to go to Shiloh as a family. They would pray there, they would have their feasts, and every time Hannah would be weeping. Hannah would weep until they go back. She knew the husband loved her, but the husband, being a human being, was weak and couldn't do anything. But rather, the second wife was having children. Until one day, Hannah decided that, as for me, I'm not going to eat this time. I'm going inside the church, and I'm going to pray. And when she prayed, God answered her prayer. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something about myself. My husband went to Nigeria in the 80s. And at that time, I had only one child. And I was working. Then I decided one day that why should I live here when my husband is living somewhere? I have only one child, and I want more children. So I joined him in Nigeria. So when I went, <clears throat> excuse me, the first hospital I went, I worked with. This man like doing abortion. Uh, sometimes the children, the babies, uh, the pregnancy will be about eight months. Yes. The baby will come out and the baby will be breathing. And sometimes you put it inside a bucket and the baby will do it. <coughs> and this doctor will put cotton wool in their noses and their ears until that stops. And I was praying to the Lord. Why am I here? Please give me a better job. And you see, as a foreigner in Nigeria, you cannot go and tell them what you want to do. And before I went, I also made sure that I had registered with your nursing body there. So I was working as a professional nurse. And this man, my doctor is doing this. But you see, let me tell you a secret. Most of the doctors think that if you go into private practice and you're in your practice you don't see blood, you don't get money. That is what they think, even in Ghana here. That is what they think. They have that mentality. So I pray one day, I, was, I fasted about three days. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and I was telling God that, you know, I don't like this job. I don't like it. So please give me another job. And I had an employment with the Baptist Hospital. And that was when I felt free. Because that one is a mission hospital and they don't do those things. Then one day I just woke up and I felt God was telling me that I should come back to Ghana. I came back to Ghana. I wanted to join Ministry of Health again. It took me one year. I was sitting in the house. I went for dawn prayers one morning. And I started praying and weeping. By the time I realized it was around 10 years and everybody had gone and left me there. Now, I was telling God the sacrifices I made in Nigeria. And I was reminding him that he was the one who asked me to come back to Ghana. Why should I be sitting in the house for one whole year holding my certificate and I can't get a job? What is happening? And as for that, I won't take it. 
I prayed, not knowing that my appointment letter had come to the region and it was inside somebody's drawer. Yes. I went to the regional director. Then he said, ah, it's taking too long. What is it? At that time, he picked a phone, called somebody at the ministries, and said, ah, we have sent the appointment letter about six months ago. Then he said, no, 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 you have to check again. They had to call. In ministries, they have a book, dispatch book. So whoever took the letter, you must write your name and sign. They look at it, and it was the regional administrator. The regional health service administrator had my appointment letter in his drawer. You see, these things, it takes the grace of God for you to prevail. So please, don't sit down. What we read, it says that Hezekiah, as soon as the prophet pronounced the judgment, he didn't accept it all. He just turned towards the wall and then started praying. And he was reminding God what he had done. Because Hezekiah, at the time he became king, temple worship, the temple had been closed down. All the Levites were scattered. They are doing their own things. But when he became king, he, he called all of them back. He opened the temples. They dedicated the, whatever, the holy things and whatever, whatever. And he restored the temple worship. Then he had this, um, what they call, is it uh, Passover? He celebrated it. So he was recounting these things to God. Do you remember how it was before I came? What I have done? I did this, I did that, I did that. So I cannot die. Let me tell you, sometimes you need to bargain with God. It's our right because we are the children of God. And it's because of us that Christ came to suffer and die. Don't let us treat him as if he's far away somewhere and we are also sitting somewhere so we will be pleading. We don't need to plead. We need to demand. And that demanding, nobody can demand it for you. It is you who will have to demand. The Bible tells us that in the house of God, there should be no barrenness. Every married person is supposed to have a baby. So why are you sitting there? You've been married for years. And the baby is not coming. And you cannot get a baby from a human being. It's only God who makes babies. So demand it. Demand it from him. If it's the husband who is not coming, demand it from him. Don't let Satan give you a husband. Demand it. You see? We read the Bible, but sometimes we don't apply it to ourselves. The Bible says in Matthew there that from the time of the John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and it's the violent who take it by force. So we need to take it by force. We need to take our blessings by force. You cannot keep quiet and sit there and then you'll be praying. Uh, uh, no, demand it by force. Demand it. You can demand it so long as you know that you are living a godly life. Not in any secrecy, no. That's one there. Yeah, you already remove yourself from there. Demand it. I like Ezekiah for this thing, oh. 
He was bold and he was brave. And that is the way things are. I'm telling you, you see, I used to tell these people up there, our leadership, that me, I was sitting my somewhere. I didn't apply to become a director. So I won't sit and let anybody come and intimidate me. When I know that I'm right, nobody. You need to be bold. Those who know their God, they can stand and do exploits. Your brother is suffering. Your sister is suffering. They confide in you, and you don't even have any encouraging word. Because you yourself, you are not standing. But if you are standing on the rock, the rock, and he has given that power to us, let me tell you that your blessings are not inside anybody's mouth. We come to church when we are closing, we say the blessings. But that's, it doesn't work. Oh, that one doesn't work. When they are, the person is pronouncing it, it's the heart and the mind that you use to follow that will work for you. The Bible that we are reading, if you don't allow the Bible to work in your life, it's just like any ordinary storybook. So there's no power in it. So if you are sitting here and somebody has told you that when you are sleeping, put the, the Bible under your pillow, you are joking. You are joking. We, we, we need to take the kingdom by force. We need it. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The righteousness is what matters. The righteousness. You cannot live your life anyhow and expect God to bless you. That one, it won't happen. It won't happen. David said that I nearly sleep because I saw wicked people prospering. And I, I was thinking, ah, look at these people. But when he realized that, oh, they are on slippery road, then he came back to his senses. Please. We are not all the same. That is why God created the fingers this way. The fingers, the five fingers are never the same and it will never be the same. And because of that, I always say that cut your coat according to your material. Don't look at somebody and say, God, I want to be like that person. No way. No way. It takes discipline and hard work and faithfulness in the house of the Lord to be like that person who is standing there. So, we must be careful what we do. Sometimes what we have, we don't value it. But it's the little that you have that God can use to build on. So you have to watch yourself. Watch yourself very well. Make sure that whatever you do, you sacrifice. Cleaning in this place it's a very big sacrifice because it's not easy. I've been here several times to see them. I'll see them cleaning. It's never easy. In this auditorium, somebody will sit here, drink sachet water, and then just leave the rubber there. How can you do that? How? It means you don't show any respect to even the things of God. 
Be faithful in the things of God. Make sure you pay your tithes. That one you are not doing for anybody. You are doing it for yourself. Pay your tithes. If there's an offering, make sure the little that you have, let it be in that offering. And you get your portion of blessings. But if you always sit there and say, oh, me, I don't have. That day cry, you won't come to church. How do you expect God to bless you? Some of us, we harbor the spirit of unforgiveness. How can God bless you with that? Something that happened to you years ago, you are still holding on to it. You don't forgive. Did you see that elder? The way he talked to me that day. And you are sitting in the church and you expect God to bless you. He won't do it. He won't do it. Don't center your, your Christianity on any individual. The person is not worth it. The person is not worth it. So forgive and let go and move on with your life. Hallelujah. I was speaking somewhere and um, I was talking on integrity. And when I finished, there was some questions. Somebody said, and somebody has promised you to marry you you put all your, your, your this thing on that person, and at the end of the day, the person disappoints. I say, he's not worth it. Don't waste your time on. Why do you cry over spilled milk when you, st- you can still have proper milk in a cup? Why? You can't pick what is spilled on the floor. So move on with your life. Forget it. Forgive and forget. Hallelujah. And for prayer, you must always pray as if you are mad. Don't look at how people are praying. Me, I don't like the prayers where we should sit down and stand somebody in the tree here. We are lucky we don't even have a bell. But when you go to some of these assemblies, cri, 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 the person leaving the, the prayer will talk, ah, then you, you pray two minutes, then they will ring, cri, cri, cri. That is not prayer. That is not prayer. So pray. Pray as if you are mad. When you are going to work and you are sitting in trotter or taxi or whatever, you'll be praying ah, until that person in the office there who is always speaking on you, that person either goes on transfer or changes his or her mind. Nobody should have authority over your life except our Lord Jesus Christ. So that wherever you are, he will reign supreme there. And let people see him in whatever you do. So pray as if you are mad. Pray. Pray as if you are mad. Sometimes you are going, you are not speaking. You are, somebody will be calling you, you will hear. And the person will just tap you. Hey, are you deaf? I've been calling you. Hey, you were praying. So sometimes it's not always that you have to go and hide somewhere. And the God we are serving is not inside out somewhere. People say that, <laughs> I went to Achia Mountains. What is in Achia? Go and ask the Ashantis. They will tell you that I'm what here at Achia. So you don't have to go to Achia Mountains to pray. You don't. If you really want to pray, right beside your bed there. Raise your altar there. And pray to God. And he will answer you. Because he has made you a priest. It's not the color that matters. 
You are a priest in your own right. So pray as if you have never even been a human being. Pray hard. Pray. Pray. Prayer. Ask for prayer. It removes mountains. Sometimes from your background, it's not your fault. But the family you were born into, do you know what is there? Pentecost, we make a joke of uh, uh, ancestral curses. But it's there. It's real. So if you sit there, it will rule over your life. And it will ruin you. So you just sit there. It's real. It's, it's you that God is going to use to break that curse from the family. But that one, Jesus said, it takes what? Fasting. And don't harbor any sin. Oh. As soon as you sin, quickly, you pray over it, ask for forgiveness, and then you repent. You repent. If you have taken some corner corner way, taking some money from somebody, pray over it. Let God forgive you. And there is something called restitution. Give it back. If you have taken things from the office that doesn't belong to you, take it back. So that the glory of the Lord will be upon you. The last thing I want to say is offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. It's very, 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 very important. Offering yourself as a living sacrifice. The Bible says that it's pleasing and acceptable to God. So don't think of your time, the hunger, oh, I just closed from work, I'm tired, and all those things. No. Christianity is sacrifice because Christ sacrificed his life for you and I. And because of that, we also need to sacrifice to serve him and to enjoy his blessings. The last one is investing into the kingdom business. You are kingdom business. I am kingdom business. When you see your brother or sister in need, if you can afford it, help the person. And you too, you are sitting here. If you are sitting here and you have made it a habit of always going around telling people that you don't have you need help, you need this, you need that. Stop! <laughs> you are disgracing God and he will never bless you from that. So work hard. He expects us to work hard. Every Christian is supposed to work hard. And as you are working, he will pour his blessings upon it. Before you realize, you don't even know when he started blessing you. So work hard and do your, your bit. Now, I'm bringing my message to a close. I just want us to know that wherever we are and whatever we are doing, God is keeping it in remembrance for us. And our concerns are his concerns. You see, when Jesus was on earth and he saw the widow whose son was being taken to the cemetery. The Bible says he wept because the widow was weeping and he felt, he sympathized with this widow. So he also wept. 
And it's the same thing. We are his children, and he feels for us. So whenever we are weeping, he weeps. But we can stop weeping and do something about it. And that is when he pours his blessings upon us. The Bible admonishes that we should always commit our ways into the hands of the Lord. And once we do that, and we stick closer to him, whatever is our problem, he is the one who will solve it. Because we human beings, we don't have the power and we don't have the strength to solve our own problems. So let's stick closer to him, and with that, he will bless us. So once again, I'm saying that God has a memory, and whatever we do for him, for each other, for the church, he remembers. And let us continue doing it so that when the evil days come, he will have something to stand on to change our destinies. God bless you. Or you can do it better. Can do it.